This is brainwaves. This is brainwaves. This is brainwaves. My teacher wishes to brainwaves. Catch some brainwaves. This is a podcast. The podcast about teaching. I mean the best podcast. This is my favorite podcast. Brainwaves. You're listening to brainwaves. Wait, so is it brainwaves podcast? The brainwaves. Po- Wait, no. The brainwaves podcast. Brainwaves. Whoever you are, wherever you are, and whenever it is, you are catching some brainwaves. The podcast aimed at making us all more informed, inspired, and connected educators. Coming to you from almost always sunny Longmont, Colorado, I am Susie Evans, Instructional Coordinator with the St. Brain Valley Schools, and sitting next to my co-hostess with the mostest, St. Brain Learning Coach Shane Saeed. Shane, what's going on in your educational village? Hey, Susie. So last episode, we talked with the amazing and dynamic Clint Pulver, the undercover millennial, and we were so inspired by his book, I Love It Here. And as we're committed to relaunching this podcast, along with speaking with the giants in education, we also want to highlight powerful teachers in the classroom getting it done every single day. So we actually have two, that's right, (laughs) two middle school teachers from St. Brain Valley School District on with us today. So first we are talking with Cleveland Smith, a sixth grade language arts teacher at Altona Middle School that literally blew us away with his own podcasting Mm -hmm. and relationship building. He just takes it to the next level. He refers to his students as Smithsonians, which (laughs) just gave me all the feels. I mean, who would not want to be a part of that group? And we're actually doing some reverse podcasting. I'm just gonna go ahead and coin that phrase and make it a thing. We're recording with Cleveland at Altona Middle instead of our usual recording studio. So we apologize in advance for some buzziness in the sound, but we thought this was totally worth it to start traveling toward our busy teachers rather than making them come to us. So we are excited to have you here, Cleveland. Go ahead, tell us, how you got the idea to create your own podcast and what you use it for. Well, first off, welcome to the home of the Rattlers. Yeah, it's really nice to have (laughs) you all here. Girls were Rattlers. I have a soft spot in my heart for Rattlers. Um, Well, let's see. The question is, how did I get here? And I think it starts before podcasting. Oh, okay. So I remember my first year of teaching uh, before parent-teacher conferences, I was terrified, right? And as everyone is, as 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 everyone's terrified, right? And because I didn't have it all together, and I didn't fully understand all of this data, I wasn't perfect, right? And um, I remember my mentor, just a total baller, shot caller, Karen Yagi, former special education teacher. Um, she told me, hey, relax, because all these parents want to see is that you know their kid. Oh, absolutely. And it was just such a relief because I was like, oh, well, I know I know these kids really well. We've been through thick and thin together, which you do your first year of teaching. And so that's kind of where like the whole relationship driven concept for me personally kind of came from. Um, and I know you guys have been talking a lot about building relationships and having a relationship-driven classroom. So 
um, for years, I've kind of made a point of trying to have really intentional conversations with my students about really important topics. There are some topics I steer clear of, um, but topics like stress and what do you do with that? Um, topics like assignments and do you hate the assignments that we're doing you know like allowing students to have feedback in their own environment and not just be like the sage on the stage dictator at least i'm a benevolent dictator (laughs) um so so i've i've tried to have conversations like that with my students for years and then i realized um the more that parents can be involved and the more that parents can know the better off we all are. And I think having really good systems around parent communication um, is what makes it possible, right? Like teachers are only going to do something that's in their best interest where they see value in it. And it's possible, like it's relatively easy. Um, And so I, I only plan out one week ahead that's okay. Which is kind of embarrassing to say. Um, I mean, I, I teach with some giants here at Altona that have taught me some awesome skills and tricks and stuff. And Alyssa Delfos, shout out. She plans months out ahead and she helps me. She's on my team with just kind of seeing the big picture of stuff. But I plan a week ahead. And at the end of each week, I just put together an email of bullet points of like, here are kind of the big stones of the week. Here are kind of the big things that we need to all be aware of in our learning environment. And I do it in part for myself so I can kind of get the big picture of, you know, what are we doing kind of big picture? And I just put them in an email and I just blind all the families and send that out. So a couple of years ago, I started figuring out there are some things you can't just put into an email. There are some emotional topics. There are things that we're doing in class that it's hard to bullet point, right? So that I- You almost need tone for a lot of that, right? Yeah. So there's a tone that goes with it, right? And so I wanted people to see me and I wanted, or I wanted people to hear me talk about some of these things, right? And so then I just started um, doing video instruction. This was around the time of COVID when everyone's like, oh, Video is not that hard, right? It's not that hard to just like drop something into Google Drive, which by the way, if you're the district person that's like really concerned about somebody taking up way too much space on Google Drive. It's Cleveland's fault. It's me. <laughs> um, but uh, And I think video doesn't have to be perfect either. That was one of the lessons I learned about COVID was not redoing all my videos because I spoke a word incorrectly, just let the students see you make some mistakes and keep going. Yeah. Cause you know, shocker, we're humans too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's vulnerability, right? So like vulnerability is the glue that holds those relationships together. So it's almost better if it's not perfect. So let's make sure that we make some mistakes in this conversation right now. So we can all, yeah. um, so <laughs> and we will. perfect is the enemy of the good. I feel like is one of my catch phrases that really reminds me that it's okay to tweet that I will hashtag um but yeah so I started kind of making videos popping them in drive just doing the one take wonder thing right and in part I was making the video just as much for myself as I was making it for everybody else because once you hear yourself say something it's like okay cool I know kind of the big picture of what I'm doing this week and then you have to stick to it 
And then, yeah, and there's totally accountability there, right? Yeah, once it's out in the world, in the podcast world, you have to follow through. Oh my gosh, that's so true. Um, so then I started embedding a video and I started getting a lot of feedback from family saying like, Hey, we really appreciate it. We really love that. So then the podcast was an easy jump. Mm -hmm. And, um, I realized with video, they would have to like sit down at their computer on their phone or whatever and actually watch the video. But with the podcast, they could listen in their car. And so that was the jump for me where I wanted to move it to a podcast because then on their way into school Monday with their kid, they could just pop on Mr. Smith's week at a glance. And I keep them short. They're like four minutes or less. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it all came from. Sorry, that was was a lot. That was great. It was perfect. Yeah. And last week I got to pop in here. I did a little sneak peek of Cleveland's classroom and I got some quotes from kids. And one of the quotes that stood out to me the most was that just that format was easier for them and less stressful than keeping up with reading a daily or weekly communication from their teacher. And then just your comfort level that you've created in your classroom has allowed them to just feel like you trust them. And the relationship has kind of blossomed from there. Well, and that's so important, right? So the fact that students feel vulnerable in your classroom to even get on your podcast with you and you're asking for their feedback on the podcast and they're giving it candidly because they know and they trust you and they know that you're going to take that feedback and actually apply it rather than listen to it and be the unkind dictator rather than the, you know, benevolent dictator. (laughs) And and yeah, and I think that the beauty of the podcast is it's having those vulnerable conversations, but then the podcast allows you to amplify them, right? So then more people potentially end up hearing. And I think kind of back to the like the original story of like parents just want to see that you know their kids. I think parents want to see how we talk to their kids, right? So it's like, even if I never end up meeting all the parents of all my students, which is relatively hard at least, not impossible, but I have a lot of students, at least they know how I talk to kids. You know what I mean? And I think there's a lot of value in that too. So, well, and so this kind of broadens out from, you know, teacher to student relationships, teacher to teacher relationships to teacher to family relationships and caregivers and how important that connection is to the success of students in school, both academically and social emotionally. So your families are essentially, as you said, hearing how you speak to your students, how you interact with your students. And that creates positive intent for if you do have to make a phone call home and say, I need your support with this. What are you doing at home? How can I be of best support? They know from even just hearing your voice on the car to school that you are there to support them. You're here to support their student and you only want what's best. And it's going back to our first episode in the new year about creating a village. I feel like what you're doing is pulling parents and students all together into the Rattler Altona village. And that's just making relationships stronger. So, but for teachers who might start to feel overwhelmed and like they have to create a podcast tomorrow, <laughs> that is you not, don't, you, you, do don't. Not, you do not have to start doing that, but what has the podcast given you in terms of that relationship building and what can teachers do who maybe don't want to go down that road? What are just some nuggets 
that you have developed over the years as far as creating that trust in your classroom? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. Um, it was like three questions. So yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good. I, so I want to address the first part of it with teachers feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't start a podcast mm-hmm. today. And, um, and that's okay. You know, I think we as teachers, we kind of choose our hills and we choose, you know, what, where are we learning and growing and how are we developing ourselves? I do think that with anything in life or like anything that you want to learn or learn how to do, there is somebody out there that thinks that thing is easy, right? And that person is no better than you, right? So they've just figured something out that you haven't figured out yet. Um, and so for, for me, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll come back to growth mindset. (laughs) Um, but so I'm going to say that for me, podcasting is easy, but I'm not any different than anybody else, you know? So I think, you know, if you're out there listening and you're like, I wish I could do that, you can do that. Um, and I would love to help you with that. Feel free to reach out to me and, and we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and just in terms of creating classroom community, there are a lot of tricks. Um, I have invented very little. I am, I am a professional thief. And like I said, um, I mean, I think one of the best ways to grow is to, to be in proximity to greatness, right? And so I teach at Altona on purpose because this place is full of giants and just total ballers that are so good at what they do. Um, and I've learned a tremendous amount from so many people in this building. Um, Brendan Butler has been teaching here for a long, long time. That dude is a pro yes, at building my kids. Yeah. Yeah. At just, he is and just at building classroom community. So um, systems for, um, you know, self-advocacy, like proactive self-advocacy, explicitly teaching that in the classroom. Um, I mean, birthday earthquakes. I mean, you know, everything that guy has just taught me a ton. And on, on top of that, just you, you steal things along the way. Right. So I, I teach a lot of intentional lessons just around what, what do we want this community to be and who do we want to be in this community? So teaching growth mindset versus fixed mindset, talking about stress, you know, talking about um, just kind of all of those quote unquote soft skills, but like teaching how to talk to each other, right? Like I'm an, I'm a language arts teacher, which is reading, writing, and communicating, but communicating includes how we talk to each other, right? So just kind of teaching, like, how are we going to take turns? Are we going to look each other in the eye, you know, and just making it okay to make a mistake. And that's kind of where learning happens. So I don't know. Does that kind of? No, it does. And I, again, last week when I was here, you were also bringing up how to talk to themselves. You, they were doing a timed right. And at the end of the timed right, there was just reflection questions that you threw in there. Like have a conversation with yourself. How did it go? Think about your strengths. Think about your challenges. And they all, I don't know for sure that they were all doing that, but you the look on their faces was one of reflection. And so there's that. They were faking it. (laughs) There's that self talk piece too. It's not about how just we talk to them either, but teaching them to have that positive self talk or that reflective talk within themselves is so important. Well, and you hit on something that I think 
we as teachers sometimes overlook, and it's the explicitness of instruction of soft skills in the unwritten curriculum. I mean, that was huge when I was in the classroom of I taught my students how to collaborate with each other because it is not an innate skill. And so making sure to take the time because it's going to pay out dividends in the content later on in the year. So take that time, do the explicit instruction of how to talk to one another, how to talk to yourself, how to self-reflect, because that in itself is giving them the academic skills that they need outside of your classroom as well. And you know who's really, really good at this is elementary school teachers and special education teachers. Yes. And I'm both. So I taught third grade for four years at Firestone Charter um, and then taught special education here for four years. And just kind of big shout out to people that are in those corners of education because you have to. And, And it's it's actually we all have to, but it's just more obvious in those corners. Um, and, uh, I think middle school teachers can learn a lot from elementary school teachers and maybe, I don't know, there are a lot of things that kids come to middle school knowing how to do that they saw in elementary school. And it's like, we don't know that they already know how to do it, you know, like stations instruction and tier two intervention stuff. Like they are used to being in small groups. You can just let them be in small groups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think kids are going to do what we've shown them how to do. And I think we show kids how to do on both sides of the spectrum. We sometimes we show kids how to be mean, you know, like sometimes we treat our students in ways that we don't want them to treat each other. Right. Like, and that's me too. Like a hundred percent. Like I can catch myself on bad days. Like, uh, you know, and just kind of that self-talk that you were talking about. It's important that we all, learn how to have honest conversations with ourselves. But I'm guessing you're really vulnerable about that when you are having an off day. I think a key is being honest about that. Like, hey, man, I just, sorry, I shouldn't have said that, right? Or building relationships is being honest too about our flaws. For sure. Mm-hmm. And that adult self-regulation is so good. It's hard. It's hard but adulting. It's, adulting is hard. <laughs> adulting is hard. <laughs> So Cleveland, where can people find you? Because I do want to encourage that professional thief piece in education. That should be a new hashtag too, is where can they find you and learn from you and reach out to you? And you also offered to help all these teachers with their podcast. With their podcasting. <laughs> podcasting 101 at Altona starting tomorrow. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure this is going to have like 10,000 listens. So... <laughs> I'll regret saying this, but I am not like a social media person. I know. I'm one of those people. Uh, You'll never convince me to try Twitter uh, because I'm growing enough. I have to make a handle for you just just so people can reach out to you. Um, So I'm going to maybe regret saying this, but Smith underscore Cleveland at svvsd.org. And I could WebEx with folks or people can come come down to rattler country and we'll hang out and play with microphones or whatever yeah yeah love it well cleveland thank you so much for coming on this mini wave episode you are the first mini wave teacher so that's very exciting wow (laughs) and we are so excited to have essentially stolen all the information that you bring into your classroom here for the ears of Brainwave listeners. So thank you so much. Thanks, Cleveland. Thank you. 
It was amazing to hear from Cleveland about how he uses podcasting to build relationships. But now, Susie, last and never least, I'm so excited too. Our next guest was the St. Vrain Teacher of the Year for 2022. And one of the biggest reasons was his ability to use the connections he built with students to support them in the classroom. Yes. Danny Hernandez is the robotics, STEM, and technology instructor at Westview Middle School here in St. Brain. And we are so excited that he has agreed to come on and found the time to fit us into his busy schedule because literally trying to get this interview on the calendar (laughs) was trying to program the space shuttle, which I actually think Danny can do. I do too. Well, without further ado, let's get into it and talk with Danny about how he leverages relationships in his classroom to support student success and engagement in his technology classes. Well, hello there. Thanks for having me on uh, with, with what we're doing today. Awesome. We're so excited. We are. And we would just love for you to tell some of our listeners just a little bit about yourself as an educator. Uh, when I came down to St. Brain, I started at Sunset Middle School as an ELL para for a year. And then I went over to Trail Ridge, where I taught math for eight years, and then a little bit of science mixed in there when we had two-person teams and whatnot. And um, I actually ended up there nine years, and then that's when I came over to Westview. Our previous guest right before you, Clint Pulver, talked about, he said, no significant learning can ever happen without significant connection. So I guess my next question to you as our, you know, teacher practitioner uh, how in the classroom do you build significant uh, relationships with your students at the beginning of each semester? Uh, it, it's it's different per class, and I think it's different per grade. Uh, you know, an example with sixth grade. You know, the other on day one, I don't don't know the sixth graders, um, and so one of the things I do is I they'll come into my room, and I just let them know we're going to sit alphabetical by last name, start getting yourselves in line. And then I just sit in my chair and I wait. And when we're done and they're in order and we're sitting, it could be 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and then I ask them about all the, it's like, so what did I just learn in those 20 minutes? And the kids all just kind of look at each other. And eventually somebody will be like, you learned who will talk. It's like, yeah. Wow. And then it's like, what else? It's like, You'll learn who will move around. It's like, yeah. It's like, I also learn who's going to step up and lead. Who's just going to stand there and do nothing. Who's just going to stand with their best friend and talk. And and I go through the list of, you know, what, these are all the different things I just learned in that 20 minute exercise. And, you know, I go over first impressions. It's like, what do you, what do you want your first impression to me? Cause I don't, I don't know you. I don't know your name. I don't know anything about you. Um, and then when it goes into seventh and eighth grade, there's, I've been given the freedom to be able to tailor my courses and do what, try to reach the kid and what's interesting to them so that they'll learn and they'll continue to, to think and be, be, you know, creative. Um, <clears throat> I have two, two classes right now of Wired Creativity. That's where we're designing, engineering, and building carnival games. Not everybody wants to build something. That's so fun. And so now we have uh, have multiple games where the the students in a prior quarter didn't finish. So there's games that are in progress. And yeah, I have a couple of students, eighth grade students, who they love to draw, they love to paint, but they can't take art class because it's full or they've already had all the art classes. 
And so then we, uh, that turned into, it's like, okay, well, in this class, we do need, we need a graphic design department. So now they're in charge of the, the graphic design. So I'll show them here are games that have not been completed. They need artwork. <clears throat> and so then I'm able to, it's like, now I can, I can reach those kids. You know, I'll have five over here. It's like, awesome. I get to paint. And then I have kids that are like, I just want to program. It's like, cool. This game had, they wanted to get LEDs put on this game, but then they didn't get to it. You know how to code. So why don't we learn to, how do we wire up LEDs? And then you learned, and, the, and the, you know, I have a student right now. He's like, but I don't know how to program those. It's like, that's perfect. You'll learn. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's the kids that only want to build. It's like, okay, well, we're going to have a bunch of ideas and designs. And then those students might say, but I don't know how to build it. So then I, I'm able to introduce for those students and make a connection of, you know, how do we subcontract things out? It's like if I'm trying to do plumbing or work on the gas line in my house, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to have to hire a, a contractor to come in and take care of that for me. So there's, you're trying to build something to add to your game. Who in this room can you subcontract that piece out to? And start building the collaboration between the students and, and moving around the room. Um, and so that's the big thing is being able to reach the kids with where, where, where's, where do they want to learn? Wow. Yeah. So I hear Shane, I don't know about you, but I hear Danny that you are really hyper-focused on the students' interests mm -hmm. while simultaneously developing a whole collective efficacy in your classroom. And, and to me, whether you're a robotics teacher, math teacher, social studies, ELA, that's something all teachers can do is make a connection with their students, learn what their interests are, and then build a collaborative community in their classroom. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. Amazing. Well, it's not just trying, you're doing. <laughs> you're doing it because, you know, how did your, like, for example, how did your last tournaments go. Part of the reason it was so hard to schedule with you, which is great, is because right. you've got all these tournaments. So how did they go? Well, and, and, and the crazy thing about that is, you know, when you look at my robotics and you look at our tournaments, I mean, that's one small group of students that I work with. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's 29 kids. And in, in, in every single quarter, I've, I have 170 plus kids. And so, and then with, with having sixth grade, I get every student through the year. So over the course of the year, I'll be teaching and working with 250, 300 plus students. Wow. Um, so when it comes to, when it comes to robotics and the tournaments, you know, for the students that that's their assessment, that is, right. that is the big day. You know, there, there's no grades with our robotics program. The robotics is, is it's a self grading system where as a unit, as a team, we're going to be graded at this tournament. And yeah, in, at our tournament itself, we had, you know, seven teams entered um, out of the, the 30, I think we ended up at 30 teams that, that were able to compete. Um, three of them earned awards. Yeah, there's the team that does a really good job with their notebook and they earned a design award. So for them, it's like, okay, the amount of time and effort you're willing to put into that they, they were able to get rewarded for that. Um, the, the learning and the struggle there is in the debriefing and the days to follow. 
you know, over the years and having the students work hard and learn these lessons, it, it does pay off in awards. Well, and from what you've said, it sounds like the ripple effect of relationships of your relationship with students, students to students, and then families back in and contributing to the collective efficacy of your classroom is really important. So this all comes back to connection with one another, with others from other schools, from adults in the industry, everything has connection. And so actually that brings me to my my next and last question for you is, you know, we talk about relationships in the classroom and how they really are the foundation. So why are relationships, whether if it's relationships um, with you and a student or student to student or, you know, families and um, communities to students, why are they so important in your perspective? Um, My number one classroom rule is respect. And I go over it and I hammer it about, you know, if, if you don't respect somebody, then how are you going to be able to work with that person? And if they don't respect you, how are they going to be able to work with you? And I, you know, when I, when I tell the kids to think about, you know, who's the number one person they need to be respectful to, they immediately say me, the teacher. And, and I, and I tell them, it's like, no, it's actually you. You need to respect yourself. And in that, if you're willing to respect yourself and respect the fact that you can learn, that you can work hard, that you can work with others, that you can be a kind person, it's going to be a lot easier to work with other people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot easier to you know, ask me for help. I'm willing to work with you because you're a good kid. You're very respectful. Um, if I am disrespectful to you, how are you? how are you going to do anything for me? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm very big on, you know, building that relationship and, you know, wanting to always have a clean slate when students come into my room, regardless of whether I've had them in the past and I've struggled with them, or I know things about them that happened in the school building, you know, they're still just kids. And what can I do to make sure that I'm going to earn their respect and I'm going to respect that. Oh, that's so important. I think starting off each day as a clean slate is something students appreciate so much. Yeah, every single person's different. Yeah, we don't know. It's that that classic case of we don't know what happened from the time they woke up to the time they came to, to class. Yeah, how has their day started off? What's happening at home? Um, and I can control what's happening in my room. And I can control my attitude. I can control how I treat them. And if I want any of them to to produce any kind of product in my classroom, I have to start with giving them my full respect. Love that. Definitely. Yeah. For you new teachers listening, (laughs) take this, process this, because this is so important and it's it's not as easy as Danny maybe makes it sound, but it's clearly Danny what you work on and have committed to every single day in your practice. And it's no wonder that you're also successful with your competitions and your achievement. So congratulations. Thank you. And as we kind of wrap up, um, are you anywhere in the, the Twitter sphere? Um, I am. 
It uh, it's the Westview Robotics Twitter that we have. Oh, great! Perfect. We want to shout that out so that if others want to, you know, connect with you, uh, contact you, just see what you're you're posting. We we always like to tell our listeners where they can find our guests. Yeah, I don't even know. I'm not sure what it's. I think it's just Westview Robotics. Let me see. It, it is. <laughs> we'll be able. It's, to. it's at WMS Robotics. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So now everyone, you know, that's actually Danny behind that Twitter handle. We just want to thank you again, Danny, for you know coming on and giving a few really great nuggets, especially for our new teachers, our seasoned teachers. You know what you had to say about connection and collective efficacy and, you know, pulling on authenticity in the real world and student agency is also important. And we, we appreciate your, your thoughts as a practitioner. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for the, for having me on. Of course. Have a great day, Danny. Okay, let's wrap up. We had two inspiring St. Vrain teachers on with us today, and there are so many nuggets to walk away with. Shane, what is one of yours? Well, after talking with Cleveland, one of the takeaways I had is that it's super hard, especially as a middle Mm -hmm. school teacher, to get to know 130 families. But with his podcast, what a great way for those 130 families to get to know who he is. It allows his families to see how he interacts with students And it actually begins to build that positive rapport on their end. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. And mine is how Danny not only emphasizes everyone's different strengths, but really celebrates those different strengths and creates both community and collective efficacy in his classroom. 100%. So don't forget to reach out, as always, and connect with us. We're here to create a network Tag Brainwaves in a tweet or story about what you liked or learned from the podcast and how you are specifically building either your own community as an educator or your classroom community. And of course, always thanks to our sound guru, high school student Taylor Wright.